you for tuning in to our podcast today. My name is Kara Martin, and today I'm going to be a federal government representative. And my name is Yushin Gavi, and today I'll be the state representative. And today we'll be addressing the question of whether or not state or local state or national agencies should be allowed to enforce federal immigration laws. So this podcast today is going to be split up into three rounds. The first round is going to be a brief opening statement given by two parties. And the second round is going to be a brief period of claims and evidence given by either side. And then the other side has an opportunity to give a quick rebuttal. The third and final round will be the closing statements given by both. First, we'll be hearing from Kara Martin on the national agencies. So immigration and its legality in the U.S. did not truly become an issue until the 1880s. Specifically, in 1882, with the passing of the Chinese Exclusion Act, the first federal regulation on immigrants entering the United States. Before then, no limits or regulations specified who could enter the U.S. and on what terms they could come. Leading up to the current day, tons of immigration laws and acts have been passed through the U.S. Congress, including the Emergency Quota Act of 1921, the National Origins Immigration Act of 1924, and many more naturalization acts passed later on. The topic of immigration has always been a federally debated issue, with federal agencies being formed to regulate immigration as early as 1891. Due to the complexity of immigration, the national status of immigration acts, and agency enforcement, it is undeniable that the enforcement of immigration laws should be done by solely national agencies. And now we'll be hearing from State Representative Ayush. States and local governments bear the primary responsibility for defining and prosecuting crimes. But beyond enforcing the laws or ordinances of their state or local, state and local officials may also have the authority to enforce some federal laws, especially criminal laws. Immigration law provides for both criminal punishments, uh, for example, alien smuggling, which is prosecuted in the courts, and civil violations, for example, lack of legal status, which may lead to the removal and separation of the administrative system. The states and local, uh, local governments have traditionally only been permitted to directly enforce the criminal provisions, whereas the enforcement of the civil provisions has been viewed as a federal responsibility, with states playing an incidental supporting role. But enforcing our nation's immigration laws is one of the most daunting challenges faced by the federal government. With an estimated 8 to 10 million illegal immigrants already present in the United States and fewer than 2,000 interior enforcement agents at its disposal, the Bureau of Immigration and Customs Enfor Enforcement has a daunting task on its hands, one that simply cannot be accomplished alone. And this only accounts for the population of illegal immigration. When we look at legal immigration, there are over 100 million backlogged green card applications. Along with that, the USCIS was only able to grant 577,000 of them uh, permanent residence cards in 2019. The federal government's lack of resources should be could be easily reformed through the use of state or local agencies. Next, we'll be moving on to round two. Carol will give the first point of evidence, and I'll be able to refute that, and we'll go on. Well, my first claim uh, in support of national agency enforcing immigration is that it's unfair and simply unnecessary to put the weight of regulating immigrants on local and state agencies. So on Procon.org, one of the resources we were given, Steve Keen, a former county sheriff, says that most of us are understaffed, and our primary responsibilities are to protect our local communities. By us, he means state protective agencies, such as police departments or sheriff departments. Being understaffed means the local law enforcement officers do not even have enough manpower to cover local problems and would be extremely overwhelmed by having to regulate immigration as well. In the same passage, Keen also says, we have a huge job to do protecting the community we swore to protect and serve. As a sheriff, he swore to protect his local people of his own Washington County. 
That doesn't include hunting down any immigrants who overstayed their visas or snuck over a border. His job is to keep people safe in his community from threats such as dangerous people or anything that could harm their safety. Not to track down maybe some foreign businessman whose only crime is staying after his work visa expired. While there's full, while I fully agree that there are there are um, sheriffs and police officers and fire departments who are protected, uh, who are serving to protect their the safety of their citizens. The safety of the citizens could be easily violated by these illegal immigrants. Firstly, it's not only breaking a law. Secondly, if we look at a, a statistic by um, the USCIS and the and the ICE, um, it's a joint B, B it's a joint. All right, I'm gonna restart that. Sorry. Sorry, last thing. Keep your rebuttal short. Okay. To rebut that point, the Justice Department of Bureau of Justice Statistics reveals that non-citizens accounted for nearly two-thirds of all federal arrests in, in 2018. And to go deeper into that, they non-citizens accounted for 24% of all federal drug arrests, 25% of all federal property arrests, and 28% of all federal fraud arrests. This directly affects the safety of the citizens and is able to easily rebut the fact that these state and local agencies have over 900,000 local law enforcement agents. This brings me to my first point. ICE has roughly 20,000 officials, and only 6,000 of these officials are active in enforcing immigration law in the interior of the country. This means that given current estimates, illegal aliens outnumber ICE agents by 2,000 to 1. Now, how is it going to be possible for these 2,000 agents to be able to take out the, the 11 million illegal immigrants that are in the country? Not only do, do they need the hate, do they need the help of the state? They need the state to take some action on their own. This requires the state and local governments to be given their own enforcement agents and their own enforcement policies. With the help of the 900,000 state and local law enforcement agents that we have, the amount of illegal immigration along with overstaying visas, as mentioned, like the businessman, will be easily be able to decrease. And while your data cannot be proven wrong, obviously, because it is data, ICE they're trained in this. This is their job. They get paid to do this. They get paid to hunt down illegal immigrants and make sure that everyone's following the law, even legal immigrants. But state and local agencies, your local police chief, your local firemen, they're not trained in controlling immigrants. They probably don't even know most immigration laws because I know most Americans probably don't monitor it closely. I mean, there are some diehard politicians, but yeah. So that um, will lead me into my second claim. And so that's that local and state agencies enforcing immigration will lower the immigrant use of police services, which will ultimately hurt everyone a lot more than it's going to help anyone. So Michael Wild, Wilds, Wilds, I don't know how to say it, he, a managing partner, says that local enforcement will prevent police from benefit of immigrants' cooperation in fighting and investigating crime. So not only will illegal immigrants refuse to participate in potential criminal investigations, but they'll also avoid any police contact out of pure fear. So police departments in a town or a county or wherever it's located, they're supposed to be trusted and safe. When you have an issue, you're supposed to be able to go to your local police department, go to your local fire department, go to your local hospital even. And so they're insured with people's safety. That'll be threatened if immigrants don't feel safe talking to them. The whole reason that police systems work is because they're trusted by the community. But if immigrants who make up a large population of the U.S. can no longer trust police agencies, then our country will become increasingly less safe. So there are two arguments to this point. Firstly, the fact of them being safe and being avoiding the police um, officers if they're given this responsibility of illegal immigrants and deportation. 
they are already avoiding uh, police officers. They're already avoiding firemen. They're avoiding any form of government agency because they know they're at risk of getting deported. At a statistic provided by Numbers USA, more than 600,000 state and local, and this is the second point of the argument, more than 600,000 state and local law enforcement age, uh, officers have already come to contact with illegal aliens every day, whether it be a, a regular stoplight or um, a traffic stop violation. Um, the vast majority of these officers believe deeply in the rule that the, lo- the law and want to help protect the security of their country. They're already willing to help. It's given, qu- it's given a clear statistic. Um, but not only that, they're already meeting with these illegal immigrants every day on a daily basis. They're not going to avoid them any more than they already are trying to. The police is only getting to see these on traffic stops, and that's their only interaction, some form of criminal uh, interaction. If this is easily already been able to show, then we can easily um, we can easily give the state uh, officers e- simple infrastructure training, and once they're, they're trained with this, they're able to move on. So this brings me to my second point, which is the safety of the citizens. Failure to deport aliens who are convicted of criminal offenses puts whole communities at risk, says Jeff Sessions, the U.S. Attorney General. There are upwards of 400,000 individuals who have received final deportation orders that are hiding in our communities, says Charlie Norwood, who is a USA representative for Georgia. Georgia, And he continues that there is no way the 2,000 agents they have assigned to find some 400,000 people can get the job done. It's simply impossible. They're putting more citizens at danger, as provided by the previous statistics of crimes by illegal immigration, immigrants. They're putting the safety of the citizens at even more danger. While your argument does have value, the majority of immigrants who come to the U.S. are not looking to cause trouble here. They're not looking to start human trafficking systems. They're not looking to sell drugs or become dangerous or start killing people crazily. They just want to get a better life because America is known as, to the world as this sort of place of acceptance where everyone is welcome, where everyone can start a new life and build and everything and have a nice family and blah, 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 American dream. But a lot of the immigrants are not dangerous. They're just here who overstayed their visas and they have no malicious intent. And it's simply pointless for the police agencies to be tasked with hunting down harmless people whose only crime is simply overstaying a work permit or a visa or just snuck into the country. And so that'll lead us into my last point is that local and state agencies enforcing immigration restrictions would not only cause the tensions to grow between illegal immigrants and police departments, but it'll also cause problems with legal immigrants. So the Major Cities Chiefs Association in 2006 said that legal immigrants would avoid contact with the police for fear they themselves or undocumented family members or friends may become subject to immigration enforcement. Although the members of immigrant families are illegal, because some of them may have come over and have a valid visa or they're here illegally because they got citizenship some of their family members who may have come over and never left or friends they're not here legally they are undocumented and that is a crime against the u.s so that would also cause legal immigrants might not want to come to the police department and that'll make everything more dangerous because if there is a fire in your house or in a local town except you have illegal immigrants living in your house, you're not going to call the police department because you don't want them to come and ask for your insurance or any other things that would cause them to suspect you and maybe even potentially deport you or cause you harm. Now, while that is a very valid point, there is also another argument to that. We don't actually know the amount of people or the amount of immigrants that are here illegal residing with illegal immigrants. Now, I'm going to speak this from personal experience. I myself am a legal immigrant. 
And being here, I have no shame in walking into the police office or the police uh, station or going to the or calling the fire in case in case there's something wrong. And the actual number of people who are here for work visas or legal visas will agree, attest that exactly the same. While you do bring up a fair point that the safety of citizens is, is at even more risk, I completely agree. It is even more at risk when there are illegal immigrants. There are illegal immigrants that are causing, again, 25% of all federal drug arrests. And this is only talking about federal. We, when we look, bring it down to state and local agencies, it can be up or it can be down, but it's most likely going to be higher. And 25% of a population of over 330 million says something as there are only 10 to 11 illegal immigrants, uh, 10 to 11 million illegal immigrants in the country. Now, this brings me to my final point about legal immigration. The process for legal immigrants to become permanent residents could be sped up at 10 times the speed. Additionally, this results in the people with overstaying visas to decrease. Now, when we look at the legal immigration sector, sector there, the USCIS only employs 19,000 people. There are over 20 million immigrant immigrants applying for a green card or permanent residency every single year. When we look at this on every single year, 2019, only 577,000 permanent resident cards were granted. There are over 100 million backlogged applications. This will easily, if we are able to speed up this process, this will decrease the number of overstaying visas because the amount of people that stay that are on overstaying visas, they have definitely applied for the screen card savers. Um, there, there's people that personally I've known that have been deported, but they were in the green card process. And if it was at it was at a faster speed, they were not only benefiting the economy, they're benefiting the everyday person. Well, yes, but that isn't exactly a state versus federal issue. That's the federal government and their processes maybe having a few flaws, so they need to speed them up. But that's not exactly how states could enforce the federal laws, because states have their own jurisdiction and their own control. And so they may not be entirely able to help speed up the green card process or help speed up the legal citizenship process. Okay. Uh, And so finally, we'll be moving into the closing statements argument. We each give a brief closing statement. We'll start off with State Representative Ayush. Enforcing our nation's immigration laws is one of the most daunting challenges faced by the federal government. With an estimated of 8 to 10 million, million illegal aliens present in the United States and fewer than 2,000 enforcement agents at its disposal, the Bureau of Immigration and Customs Enforcement has a daunting task on its hand, and one that they simply cannot accomplish alone. Throughout this podcast, you've heard both sides. You've, able to been, you've been able to hear how the fact that, more, they, that ICE and federal agencies need more resources, that the safety of citizens is out of danger, and that legal immigrants are facing even more challenges when trying to become um, permanent residents, you can see how state regulations could easily speed up this process. State and local governments bear the primary responsibility of only, of only defining and prosecuting crimes. But beyond enforcing the laws or ordinances of their local and state officials, may, they, may on, they may also only have the authority to enforce some federal laws, especially criminal laws. When we bring really for defining and prosecuting crimes, this is written in the Constitution and is a state and, and federal agreement. But beyond enforcing laws and ordinances of the state or local, state and local officials may also have the authority to enforce some federal laws, especially criminal laws. And immigration laws makes up this alien smuggling as well as the lack of legal status. Where do we define the line is not clear. And therefore, states should be given more authority to enforce these certain laws. Next, we'll be hearing from Kara Martin, and this will be the final closing statement.
to be enforcing immigration, it is important to weigh the positives and the negatives of both sides. Yes, local and state enforcement may help to catch and remove more illegal immigrants, but at what cost? Sacrificing public safety to send a few harmless Syrian women back to Syria? Federal agencies such as ICE are trained in these matters and are paid to enforce them. It is unreasonable and honestly quite harmful to expect state or town police who have no training or experience to hunt down potentially dangerous undocumented men and women. Then they have to know what to do with them. Local and state officials have no place to hold these immigrants and would end up spending too much time and energy and even money focusing on immigration and enforcing federal policies. In conclusion, the issue of immigration is a strictly federal policy and should be federally enforced by trained men and women and no one else. 